Who is scarier, Stephen King or H.P. Lovecraft? I've been asked this recently in the Mail Time Number One episode, and I'm putting an excerpt of that here as a little bit of a promo for the first scary story episode coming up in which I'm going to read to you some H.P. Lovecraft. Also, got an episode coming up devoted to vampires with a very special guest, Dacre Stoker, the great-grandnephew of Bram Stoker, who's the author of the 1897 Dracula. It's great, really excited to bring that to you guys soon, so stay tuned for that. So, like I said, this is pulled from a segment of the Mail Time Number One episode, and the question of the night is Stephen King or H.P. Lovecraft? Who's scarier? Of course, everything's subjective, but I've got a clear opinion on this one, and I'd love to tell you all about it. So, light some candles, turn up the volume, close the door. It's James. Let's talk about horror fiction. So someone asked, who do I think is scarier, Stephen King or H.P. Lovecraft? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good question. I like this subject. All right, so gather round. Turn it up just a little bit as you're driving in your car or uh, doing your jog. That apparently is two of the very popular places where people listen to podcasts while they're driving and while they're jogging. So uh, pop up the volume a little bit. Let's talk about King and Lovecraft. I like Stephen King a lot. I find him to be very scary. He tends to write a lot of canonical things from the 70s and 80s that really kind of change fiction. Stephen King Stephen King has an influence on horror fiction the same way that J.K. Rowling has an influence on children's literature. It's just different after he did his thing. So I like his stories. They really scare me. I think he's a pretty good and entertaining storyteller. I definitely think that... A lot of his subject matter is scary. He will have some very realistic things that just all of a sudden some supernatural elements come in and catch you off guard. I think a good example of that is the short story Children of the Corn. You know, everything's pretty normal until the creepy kids show up. And then it still could be pretty normal until he who walks behind the rose shows up with his fiery eyes. Another example is graveyard shift. I think they're cleaning out the basement of the shift. They're cleaning out the basement of the old building, and everything's pretty normal. It's kind of a human relations story. Seems like there's a murderous guy. I mean, that's all pretty terrestrial until the giant rat king makes an appearance and eats everyone's scalp. So that's scary, but H.P. Lovecraft deals with this notion of cosmic horror. And I think the existential dread behind a lot of his work, specifically the short story, The Call of Cthulhu, I think that's scarier in a lot of ways. So H.P. Lovecraft has this idea of cosmicism, this philosophy that he uh, featured prominently in his works. 
So it's this notion that human beings are insignificant in the vastness of the cosmos, right? It's just so big, it's so vast, we just can't be very important in the grand scheme of things, and that we are not owed or entitled anything. The notion that good and evil, all moral things, are simply human creations. Our idols are meaningless. Our taboos are just socially enforced and otherwise meaningless. There's a, I'll probably get this wrong, I should just stop and look it up, but there's this line from the Call of Cthulhu where he says, basically, we are casting our mental idolatries onto an inert cosmos. So some people see this cosmicism as in alignment with existential pessimism, and maybe, maybe not, but it does seem to deal with existential questions. And I always like this old uh, notion of ex- describing ex- existential questions as questions that have no satisfying answer to. H.P. Lovecraft writes about cosmic horror, sci-fi horror, things from outer space, possibly. So the very notion of extraterrestrial intelligence is a good example of an existential issue. For instance, if we are alone and the only intellectually alert life, the only intelligent life in the entire universe is us, then that is scary as hell. That's a disturbing thought. If we are vastly alone and whenever our human race ceases to exist on Earth, which eventually that has to happen, our sun will not last forever. Our sun will go nova one day. So if we're it, once we're gone, the universe is just this dead, empty, intelligence-less void. And that's pretty scary. And the other answer would be, yes, there is intelligent life out there. There are intelligent creatures building civilizations on planets orbiting suns and distant galaxies, or maybe this galaxy is definitely big enough to support multiple intelligent life planets. But if they are out there at various levels of development, doing various things, maybe discovering mathematical constants, maybe creating social hierarchies and social ethics, maybe formulating chemical properties for various medicines. I don't know. If they're out there doing these things, then that's scary too. Even the most open-minded, cosmically-minded of us has to admit that's a little bit scary. If there is, in fact, intelligent creatures out there other than us. So there you have it. Is there intelligent life in the universe? If the answer is yes, that's scary as hell. If the answer is no, that's scary as hell. So it's a great place for existential questions. You know, you should stay up late at night thinking about existential problems. You can't really solve them. There's no good answer. So you should, it's a great way to spend a long candlelit night to just sort of think about these things. No, it's a lie. It's not. It's not a good, it's not good at all. It's not fun. It's not fulfilling. I need to quit doing it. Nonetheless, Lovecraft deals with these creatures. Cthulhu is their supposed leader. And supposedly they have made their way to Earth for various reasons. And it's not that they are hateful and hating humanity. It's not like Cthulhu's out to get us. It's not personal. It's just that they seem to be apathetic toward us. Or they seem to maybe possibly not even know that we exist. Our existence might not register with these beings. So that's interesting to me. What about an intelligent civilization somewhere with creatures with intelligence far greater than our own who do not hate us, but just somehow their physical awareness doesn't even register our existence. 
when we're running out of our car to run into the garage because it's raining and we step on two or three ants and crush them into oblivion, it's not that we hate them. It's just that we're not even aware of their existence at that moment in time. Lovecraft deals with this idea that that could very well be how the universe perceives or fails to perceive us. So the very notion of the universe itself is something that's existential. The very just size of it is crazy. Our one galaxy seems to have around 200 billion, give or take, stars. With each of those stars, like if I remember correctly, seven or eight light years apart. And the speed of light blows my brain apart as well to think about. So the idea of the speed of light in a vacuum is 186,000 miles per second. So you turn on your flashlight, you count 1 1,000, you turn it off. That light has traveled 186,000 miles in one second. So then you figure out how many seconds are in a day and how many seconds are in a week. And how many seconds are in a month and how many seconds are in a year. So you take however many seconds are in a year and you multiply that by 186,000 and you roughly have how distant one light year is. I've also read that the stars in our galaxy are so far distant from each other that you could almost, that you could travel in a straight line almost indefinitely and not hit anything. So that's our one galaxy. There's maybe a hundred billion galaxies. One hundred billion galaxies. We've got one galaxy with 200 billion stars. I think H.P. Lovecraft was on a very interesting target when he chose that to write about. So due to the grand scale and the unknowability of the cosmos and the equally unknowable notion of how true and how important our dearest concerns are to us, maybe everything is a human construct. There's no way to get outside of human knowledge to test that, so who's to say? So I think because of that, friends, H.P. Lovecraft in my book has to be scarier than Stephen King. You know, vampires and werewolves are scary, but maybe if you're aware of them, you can run from them. Maybe if you know a little bit about vampires, maybe you can avoid them with certain things. But hey, if creatures like Cthulhu ever come to a earth and if we just happen to be in their way we very well may be trod upon and not even known of during the trotting so that's something great to think about late at night all right send me more questions if you care i'll make more mail time episodes life is good lunar podcast mike james peace out